listening to the Alan Carter Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, how you doing? How you feeling? How do you feel? Well, you know what I feel? I feel essential. I am essential. Are you essential? It is essential. Do you feel essential? Because, as you know, as of midnight tonight, everything in Ontario must close except for the following exemptions. Everything. It is all essential, apparently, as you read through the list of essential services that will continue in the province of Ontario after the mandatory shutdown at midnight tonight. I'm going to take you through that list in just a couple of moments because I don't know about you, you're nothing if you're not essential. It is essential. It is essential. Let us get to the Justin Trudeau press conference that just wrapped up. A couple of key moments there. As you know, MPs will be back in the House today to pass emergency legislation. And last night, Justin Trudeau somehow managed to undo almost all of the good that he has done in terms of leading the country and, you know, banding us all together as a a cohesive unit and saying no to partisanship when they sort of floated this idea that, well, no, the cabinet should be able to tax and spend as it sees fit until the end of 2021. And all of a sudden, every conservative that had been saying, you know what, let's just let's just put everything to the side, you know, every partisan that had said, you know what, we just got to get all together and just do this together and support Canadians said, well, hold on, well, hold on now. Let's take you to some of the clips from Justin Trudeau. And this is what he had to say about passing the bill today and what it means for the support you deserve. This is clip number three. When you're trying to help get money out to people, Speed is of the essence, especially in an unprecedented situation like this one. But I want to make it very clear. I believe in our democratic institutions. All of us in Parliament must work together, and Canadians need to see us doing just that. I believe in our democratic institutions. That is probably as close as you're going to come to a mea culpa, a whoops, little bit of an overreach on that one yesterday. I'm not certain if it was the intention of the Liberal government to float this as a trial balloon and have everybody wig out and then back it off, because that's apparently what is going to happen today. And you heard the Conservatives under Andrew Scheer saying, look, we're going to support the economic measures, but absolutely no how, no way will we get behind a, a government that is just going to issue decrees and edicts from the Cabinet with absolutely no check and balance from the House. This is a minority parliament, after all, and it, you know, we have to be able to wind our way through that and be able to navigate that. Let's go to a little bit more of Justin Trudeau here. This is, I think, something that everyone is asking. How long will all of this possibly last? Here, this is number six on our lucky list of Trudeau clips here. Justin Trudeau can you tell us how long of these, these restrictions will last? Every day, someone asks me how long these restrictions will be in place. And I the truth did. is, we don't know yet. But here's what we do know. The duration of this crisis will be determined by the choices we make right now. By decisions we take every single day. That is Justin Trudeau speaking just a short while ago. 
uh, outside of the Rideau cottage, where, of course, you know, the, the country has gotten used to looking at that black door. He was delayed by about a half an hour today. He said off the beginning, uh, I'm sorry for being late. Why was he, why are, don't be sorry, be on time, as my, my uh, history teacher. My for being a little delayed this morning. Well, sorry about that. Did you have to get your coat? Was that the issue? Maybe he had to get his coat. Let's get to that essential list, because I think that's on a lot of people's minds, the, the essential, non-essential list for businesses in the province of Ontario. And I'm going to read to you from the big book of essential Ontario services. And I want you to ask yourself, are these essential? Is it essential? Here's our list. Let's start with hotels and motels. Are those essential? essential. Well, apparently they're essential because they're on the list. Car and truck dealerships. You know, nothing says a pandemic like a new truck. Uh, Under animal supplies, there was a long list, and obviously I understand that you're going to have to go get kibble for the cat. You're going to have to do that, so that, that makes sense to me. But under that list was this one at the end of it. I like this one. I don't understand it even a bit. It's animal supplies, including bedding. It is essential. That that is essential? We are all in this together. (laughs) We gotta have we gotta have comfy mattresses for Fido? Is there something about animal husbandry I don't understand? Is there some kind do, do do the foals that will be born in the spring need some kind of fresh bedding that we absolutely must have? Why is it that animal supplies, including bedding, is in there? I don't get that. Call me, 416-870-6400. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me that somewhere an animal needs a fresh bed right now, and that is why that service is essential. Oh, I like this next one, under essential. Radio and television broadcasting. I told you. It is essential. You know what? I look essential right now is what I do. I look essential. And I am essentially going to have to cut my own hair soon because we're at that point. Because we do know that hair salons are not on the list. I couldn't find them there. There's nowhere that hair salons are on the list. So, you know, I'm not going to the barber. I'm just gonna get. I'm just gonna grow it out. I'm gonna grow it out. That's what I'm gonna do. Here, also on the list of essential services not being ordered to be shut down as of midnight tonight, professional and social services that support the legal and justice system. What? Essentially, that means every single lawyer's office. Every single one of them. I know firsthand that there were a number of law offices that were scrambling yesterday, like, oh, my, we're going to have to shut it all down. What are we going to do? And, of course, you know, the legal system here in Ontario is so backwards in terms of online. There's just, it just does not exist. The courts are shut down except for emergencies. You know, good luck trying to get any documentation. But still, it's all required. And where are you going to get that? Law offices are not ready to work from home. So... Law offices are essential. One more on our list here. Laundromats, dry cleaners, and laundry service providers. Okay, laundromats I get. I get that. 
Now, you know, not everybody's got a washer dryer in their home. What are we going to do? You guys going to wear the same clothes? I mean, you know, <laughs> so many of us are, you know. You know, I, I think to myself, you know who is really going to suffer post-pandemic? Belt and bra makers. Because ain't nobody going to wear either one of those going forward. After, like, I'm free now. Every dude out there is like, why am I? I'm wearing elastic waistband pants from now on. But dry cleaners? You need to get, you need to pick up your dry cleaning? That, that's essential? I don't know. Essentially, if you read through this entire list, really the only thing that has been ordered to be closed is EB Games. And then not even that, really, because, like, the best bites to got to get to the best bar. You know what? There's a pandemic on. I need a 72-inch TV. It is essential. It's essential that I have all of these things. Oh, my goodness. Now, coming up in the next hour or so, we are expecting Premier Doug Ford to speak. He is going to make an announcement at Queen's Park. And you might have heard in the news that the major announcement being made by the Premier today is a removal of the time of use for electricity, that this is the thing that makes it more expensive to run your dishwasher at noon on a Tuesday than it does at 8 p.m. or to do your laundry late in the day. Now, we're all at home, and we're all just doing what we can, and we're just using hydro willy-nilly. So the government is going to say, all right, what we're going to do is we're going to take that away. We're going to make it the lowest cost available. We're going to go down to the lowest uh, cost that there is. That's off-peak at $0.10 per kilowatt hour. And we'll just keep it there. And this is expected to save you $20 a month. $20 a month. (laughs) I, I ate an extra $20 in chips last night. Yeah, boy! And that is why I am never wearing a belt again. Small businesses will save 150 bucks. Farms will save $300. This is according to uh, sources within the government, confirming Global News, that this is going to take place. The new pricing structure will be in place for 45 days. It's going to cost the Treasury about $162 million, which is nada, nothing, nothing in the big scheme of things in terms of the money that is being talked about for relief. But it is a little bit of relief, and maybe it's something that just takes that right off your mind, where you're just like, well, you know what? Fire it up. Do the dishes. You know what? Let's let's do another load of laundry. Because... I've been wearing these track pants for eight days straight now. They're starting to get a bit crusty. We have new numbers, as you might have heard in the newscast, for Ontario. 85 new cases, confirmed cases of COVID-19 being reported today. Uh, and one more deceased, that number is now up to seven, a man in his 90s in the Durham region being reported as the seventh death from COVID-19 in the province of Ontario. I can also tell you that the the Par- House of Parliament, the House of Commons, pardon me, in Ottawa reconvening for that emergency legislation today, and as soon as it began... The government House leader stood up and asked for the proceedings to be suspended immediately. Presumably, House leaders still need to do some negotiation. That is from David Aiken in Ottawa. 
our Global News senior political correspondent reporting on that. So things are moving very slowly in Ottawa. It looks like there are still some negotiations between the parties that is ongoing. If you were watching Global News last night at 10 o'clock, last night an incredible program, uh, Canada in Crisis, COVID-19, talking a lot about what's going on right across the country. And it also featured a member of the Global News team. Uh, If you have been listening to this program, you know that one of our very own, actually two people working here uh, at Global News Toronto have tested positive for COVID-19. And one of those is our meteorologist, Anthony Farnell, and he joins me on the line now. Anthony, how are you? I am doing much better than I was uh, about 10 days ago. That's when my last symptom started to disappear. So, yeah, it has been uh, an interesting few weeks for everyone and uh, definitely for me coming back from vacation and, and finding out that I had COVID-19. Now, you went away for a vacation, and this was of particular interest to me because you went uh, skiing in the Alps, something that I was uh, scheduled to do just a week and a half after you got back. Uh, First of all, where were you and and how was that experience? I was in Austria and uh, this was my first time skiing in Europe. I had been looking forward to it for months. I was so excited. We got powder days. Seems like so long ago thinking back to it. But uh, yeah, it was a great week overall and uh, just near the end of our trip, we were starting to read some news headlines coming out of northern uh, Italy, parts of Iran, and these were uh, the other locations other than China that were now being uh, looked at as epicenters and, and definitely travel advisories for those locations, but nothing to do with Austria, where there still were only one or two cases reported. And so, you know, as you wrapped up your trip there, I saw some of the photos. I think that those must have been your own photos from when you were away. There were just absolutely just jammed public squares, people partying together. Yeah, and when, when you think, uh, obviously, Alan, you're you're a skier, you're a boarder, you, you know what it's like. But uh, in Europe in particular, some of these gondolas fit 50 people, and they cram, cram every little nook and cranny with with a person to get them up and keep the lineups down so uh thinking back and then just remembering people coughing in the close quarters it's the exact opposite of social distancing and that's not even getting into the après ski scene which is uh, something else if there wasn't this this virus going around which looking back now there's some news reports coming out that yeah these austrian ski resorts actually helped to spread it through europe and and bringing it back to canada as well Okay, so you come back, you get back to Canada, uh, and then what happens? Well, I, I started to feel sick. Uh, I, I came into work on the Monday, the first day back, and I was feeling fine. And then that night I started to feel sick. And it was, it was mostly body aches, a bit of a fever. Uh, I basically thought that this was just me suffering from exhaustion after six days of skiing, which I'd never done before in a row. Uh, so I took a day off work, uh, and I felt better. I rested, I felt better. And I actually got back to work uh, later that week as the symptoms disappeared. And, and then, so you felt better, but then it returned? Yeah, it returned that following Monday. I started to feel sick again in the evening. Uh, and this time around, I, I knew it was something uh, maybe a little bit more severe. It was the same symptoms, fatigue, uh, fever, body aches. But now I also had shortness of breath. So uh, I took this seriously at the same time. Looking back, that was when it started making the news 
locally that this was uh, going to be a big deal, this COVID-19. So, so I isolated. I, I tried my best to get in touch with my doctor, with the hospital, with uh, public health, uh, all of them advising me that I, I didn't need to take a test because the chance of me catching it in Austria was, was minimal. And that's so funny because you you think about, we talk about how quickly things have changed. And I I know I saw you on that last day that you were here. And even then, even then we were still sort of talking about, well, whether or not I would be going to Switzerland still to go snowboarding in the Alps. And, well, the Italian, you know, the Italian resorts were closed. And I just, you know, you think back to it now and you think, what, what possibly must I have been thinking? Yeah, it, it really is incredible. And I, I've had a lot of people reach out with, with positive thoughts, obviously, since uh, the story came out yesterday. And I've known about this since the 13th of March. So I've been kind of uh, battling with, do I go public? Do I talk to people about it? And and that's, I mean, as, as the symptoms were bad, it was flu-like for a couple of days. But myself, I got off relatively easy. And so did our, our news director, who also came down with it from that same ski trip. So, Alan, it was kind of, okay, we, we went through this. Uh, hopefully, we didn't infect anybody else. And also, you just have this this weird feeling where, okay, we're one of the first hundred cases uh, in the province, and, and you just never think that you're going to be in that boat, uh, even though you're now starting to feel better and, and, and get excited to get back out there, but I, but I still haven't. You have been broadcasting from your home. Um, what has it been like uh, being in, in self-isolation? Obviously, you must have been extremely concerned for your family and your loved ones that you'd been in close contact with. Yeah, definitely, and that is where uh, Toronto Public Health is, has come in handy. Right after uh, I got the call from the hospital saying I tested positive, I got a call from Toronto Public Health, and they uh, do contact tracing. So they go back, spent an hour on the phone going over anybody I may have come in touch with, whether it be at Global, uh, those people would then need to self-isolate. Same thing with any train rides or flights I might have taken. So they basically exhausted all of that, and and still they they get in touch with me every day to make sure I'm doing okay and uh, staying indoors and and in my house and and trying not to to get back out there. But uh, I started to self-isolate a little bit earlier than most of the rest of the population. So uh, it's just a crazy time we're in, and and now I'm I'm happy to be able to to share this story. What is next for you in terms of, like, as you've said, you've not had symptoms for some time. What's the messaging from uh, Toronto Public Health been about when you can leave self-isolation? Very good question, and I wish, uh, Alan, I knew the answer, but uh, basically we're waiting for... Uh, the regulations to change because right now you need to test negative twice in 24 hours. Unfortunately, there are no tests available for me to to see if I'm negative or see if I've shed the virus. So that's not going to happen. Plus, there's about a six-day wait for any result. So um, it's been 11 days now since I've, I've had any symptoms. Uh, I'm just waiting for, for the all clear, and I, I don't know when that will happen. And in the end, I don't think it makes much difference because everybody is, is now doing this self-isolation and staying at home, which, which is great. And it's something that, uh, that I highly encourage because, I mean, I got off pretty easy. I know some others are, are feeling it worse than I am, but uh, still, it's, it's a scary thing nonetheless.
I'll just sum up by by asking you what your advice is for those out there who might be thinking, well, you know, I can still go to the park, I can still go do this, even, you know, if I've returned from from the United States. I mean, we've got numbers saying that in the last week a million Canadians came back over the border who had been elsewhere in the world. I'm wondering what your message is to all those people. Well, my message is to just stay home, to just try and do this for a few weeks, because if we can just get through the next couple of weeks, I do think it is going to get better. And it's just the unknowns. Uh, I mean, the unknowns, when I tested positive, I, I, I spent hours and hours researching as much information as possible for myself and a lot of uh, the friends that were on this Austrian ski trip. It was uh, not being able to taste or smell for over a week that, that we all could relate to we all had that same symptom and now we're starting to get some some new studies some new information the from experts in in europe that this may be in mild symptoms this no taste no smell so that's something that maybe some people at home or, or listeners are, are are saying i have that well then you may be able to spread this even though you don't have a fever or you don't have body aches or shortness of breath so really you don't know the symptoms everybody just has to to do the same stay at home Anthony, so glad you're better. Thank you so much for being on the program and sharing your story. All right, thanks for having me, Alan. Do you feel essential? Because I feel essential. I know I'm essential because I'm on the list of essential things in Ontario. It is essential. It's essential that we are all essential. Have you had a chance to look over the list of businesses excluded from the forced closure that will come into effect at midnight tonight in the province of Ontario? Because it is a long list. And at the top of the hour, I did a whole bit about why is it that animal bedding is on the list? Because it is. And I said, you know, likely there is something about this I don't understand. Could someone let me know? And immediately I got an email that says, Alan, animal bedding is what we refer to for all animals that need bedding up. The bedding is shaving, pellets, straw, etc. It's used for all other pets other than dogs and cats. It is not a cushy, soft dog or cat bed. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. So there's so much on this list. By the way, I will mention again, if you haven't heard of this and you're thinking to yourself, oh my God, I got to get to the LCBO. The LCBO is essential. It is essential. Booze is going to be essential. However, I will tell you that the LCBO has now announced it will close on Mondays. It will be shuttered on Mondays. No LCBO on Mondays. And, of course, the hours have now been limited to 11 to 6 p.m. But still, there is no reason to go crowd the LCBO. I have heard reports and seen uh, seen videos showing people just lining up to get into the LCBO. There is no need to do that. It is still open. You will be able to survive. Survive the dystopian future with booze in the future. Don't worry about it. 416-870-6400. I want to hear your calls about what you think is essential. Have you seen this list? I Do you me think... that beer. <laughs> yes. By the way, the beer store is also open. And, of course, grocery stores where you can buy wine and beer are still open. So you can. it's okay. Also, 
cannabis will be available. So essential, you got your weed, you got your booze, you're good. You're going to be fine. The Ontario miracle. It's a miracle is what it is. And coming up at 1 o'clock, Doug Ford will update us further on the essential, non-essential lists and also give us some details on the changes for hydro prices and hydro prices going forward. But give me your call. What do you think? Do you think that there are enough businesses that are being declared as essential, or are there too many? Let's go to line number three, and JP, you've been on the line for a while. Essential. Do you think too many businesses are being allowed to stay open? Yeah, definitely. Like, it's, uh, you know, it should be emergency response, police, ambulance, uh, fire, these are essential for living. Where we have the the list is so long that I literally had to take a break halfway through it because I couldn't believe it. It was like it seems like the essential list is essential for uh, lavish living. Like uh, people are out, people are at Lowe's, people are at Rona, Home Depot. Everything everything's open. Everybody in my circle is still working, you know. And we got families at home, you know, kids and wife, and then everybody else is at work. It, it makes no sense. And people, every day it's jumping up in numbers, and I see Syria has one case, and they went in lockdown. I mean, uh, we we got to learn from Syria, I guess. I don't know. Well, I mean, we, we've seen in the U.K. a much stricter stay-at-home law that was uh, passed yesterday that came into effect there. And here's my thing about the list, JP, as I read through it. You can sort of make a case for everything, but yeah, that yeah, kind of is the problem, isn't it? It's just like, I mean, it, once you say, well, that's essential, I mean, it just kind of almost has a feel like they went around the cabinet table in the Ontario cabinet and said, all right, every cabinet minister gets five. And they're just yeah, like, I mean, and this one, and how about this one? And how about, I mean, it just seems like there's been no hard decisions made here. Yeah, like people don't need to be buying cars right now. You know, if you need an oil change today, you can wait two weeks. Uh, you know, everything, it's, uh, you know, you need, you need an emergency plumber to come to your house. Okay, I get that. But, uh, you know, do, uh, do all the condos need to be working and, uh, you know, all these people out on the roads? Definitely not. You know, if, if you need groceries, you can do it online now. You don't have to go wait in line and, and, and touch all the keypads and whatnot. It's, uh, it's, I don't know, I, I don't feel like the government is, is taking it 100% seriously. Although they're all at home in quarantine and we have to be at work. All right. Thanks. Thanks, JP. I I listen. I appreciate that. And coming up, of course, uh, after one o'clock, the premier himself will be making an announcement and there will be questions. There will be many questions about this list. And is it too long? And why is it that every single law office in the province can still stay open? I mean, do we really need that? Do we need that? Jim is on the line from Aurelia. Jim, do you think uh, this list is too long? Yeah, way too long. I know people in almost every industry, and and they're saying that, you know, why should we be here? Like a hardware store, like what's the purpose? Like it's not essential to go get a bag of nails and bang the hell out of the wall. Yeah, but you could, I mean, but you could, there's a perfect one, right? You know, you could make a point that, well, listen, you know, I got to fix this thing, and this is essential that I fix this thing in my house because the water's leaking or whatever it is. I mean, where do you say no? All I heard yesterday from Beavis and Butthead was, do you want me to stop this car? Because I will. And that was it. You know, you're, you're, neither, you're suggesting neither that, one of them, neither that one of them the, the, there's just these threats from the on, the from on high, that you don't care for that. All right, Jim, I appreciate that. I just want to go to another line before uh, I take a quick break, and that's Ron in Toronto. Ron, what do you make of the list, the essential, non-essential list? Is it too long? 
Well, uh, I think that uh, basically the, we're going to have an economic collapse unless they have debt forgiveness for um, mortgages and rents for the next few months because all these restaurants and uh, everything that's going to go out of this, the, the economy is built on sand. That's how we say the stock market overvalued. The dollar is going to collapse, and uh, it's, nothing's going to be the same. Yeah, that, that's absolutely wrong. I'm just going to let you go there, but you're absolutely right. The debt forgiveness for business and also for personal uh, people is going to be very important. But I want to get to Sam, who is on the line, on line three. Sam, you're a firefighter. Obviously, you are essential, and thank you for the work you do. But what do you make of the list? Uh, you know what? The term essential service has kind of lost its effect on me now. It's like... I looked at that list and I I had to do a double take on it. It was a joke. Sam, my brother-in-law is a firefighter, and I know that he has expressed some concern that he doesn't have the kind of personal protective equipment that he thinks he should have, considering he's a first responder. Do you have what you need? Uh, Yeah, definitely. Our city has taken really good care of us and really good precautions, so not concerned about that. It's just it's it's the people out there that just don't get it and what they have to do. What are you and, seeing, Sam? What are you seeing that makes oh, you say that? Uh, out for walks all the time. Uh, the social. But the medical officer of health says you can go for a walk, Sam. You're allowed to. Not in groups altogether. It's like it's two weeks. Just stay home. That's a good point, Sam. I appreciate it. That is Sam from Calvin. I got to let you go, Sam. Sam's a firefighter, and thank you again for your work, and thank you so much. You are essential. Sam is essential. I don't know so about some of these other businesses on this list. When we come back, you know, there are so many aspects to this. Did you know, for example, I did not know this, that Southern Ontario is one of the worm-producing capitals? Like, we produce, we produce more worms here than many other places? And what does that mean? we got a small business owner who is in... I didn't even know this. I didn't even think about this, that this existed, but of course it does. In the worm business, what does COVID-19 mean to the worm business? Are worms essential? Lily writes to me, car dealerships are deemed essential service, but people are coming in and browsing because they have the time. This is not the time for an oil change or non-emergency services. This is putting many people at risk. The services should be limited. What do you make of the list of the non-essential and essential businesses? Essentially, the list is of essential businesses, those that can remain open even after the order to close goes into place, goes into effect at midnight tonight. Let me know what you think of the list. 416-870-6400. This also from my inbox a couple of days ago. Hi, Alan. I'm a small business owner that has been affected by the chaos of COVID-19. Southwestern Ontario is the worm capital of the world. This I did not know. We rely on domestic and international sales. We also rely on a limited source of harvesters, both domestic and and foreign workers. And this came in from Chris Pagonis, who is an Ontario worm farmer, who joins me on the line. Hi, Chris. Hi, Alan. How are you today? Well, I'm essential. Are you essential, Chris? We are deemed essential under uh, the Note 21. Uh, hunting and fishing is an essential uh, activity for people, so we are essential, uh, although there are a lot of difficulties uh, from day-to-day operations today. 
All right, let's just back it up. When we say worm capital of the world, what do you mean? Well, 90% of worms harvested and produced and exported come out from southwestern Ontario. It is truly the worm capital of the world right now. You're talking about live bait worms? Live bait, yes, for fishing. It's a, it's a national pastime. It's a, it's a uh, activity that a lot of people do, and uh, it draws a lot of people out, a lot of communities out, a lot of families out. And we've been uh, basically uh, devastated with a lot of things that have been happening with this COVID-19 across uh, not only Canada, the U.S., but actually overseas. We do export worms into Europe. And uh, it's deemed that uh, no live animals, excluding horse and chicks, can be shipped out over there. So we're faced uh, of a, a shutdown of exports into uh, Europe. Are you still able to export to the United States? We are, uh, but because of some uncertainties, people don't know if they should uh, uh, purchase worms or hold on to them, be open, be closed. But a lot of people, especially in the southern states right now, are super busy with this uh, social distancing or physical distancing activity of uh, going out fishing and being alone away from people. What does all of this mean for the harvest of the worms, I'm, I'm assuming? Is this a year-round harvesting that happens indoors, I'm assuming? No, this, uh, this actually, uh, Canada depends on a lot of foreign workers and a lot of workers coming in from uh, the Asia area, whether it be Vietnam, Laos, Cambodia, Thailand, and uh, right now, those people are restricted from coming into Canada, which uh, depletes 30% of the actual worms harvested and available to the market. And not only that, a lot of the other harvesters that go in these buses, they don't want to sit with each other in the bus, uh, which is another problem. And we're, we're, uh, our hands are up in the air with how many worms we actually need uh, versus how many worms we can actually produce and ship across Canada and the U.S. Chris, there are going to be listeners who are listening to you right now who are going to say they just don't understand how it is that worm harvesting is essential. Well, think of it this way. Uh, it's an essential activity, uh, number one. It uh, puts, uh, believe it or not, food on someone's table. Number two, it brings families together. It, uh, it isolates people from other people uh, if they choose to, uh, to fish by themselves. Uh, it's a good way to spend some time alone or with a loved one or with family members. And, uh, and uh, it, it is essential to uh, day-to-day needs of individuals, just like hunting is. Uh, people up north depend on hunting to eat. People, uh, people hunt to eat. People fish to eat. Chris Bogonis is an Ontario worm farmer. I appreciate being on the program, Chris. Best of luck to you. Thank you, Alan. Take care and stay safe. So, so interesting there. You know, this touches on so many industries in so many different ways. And interesting to hear that perspective there, that worm harvesting is essential. And that business owner agrees that it should be essential. What do you think about the essential list? Let's go to the lines and let's go to uh, number one here on, on my list. This is Mike from Uxbridge. What do you think of what has been declared essential and not essential? Well, Alan, um, pleasure being on the show, um, number one. And number two is I run a small business. We're a renovation company. We're on call for prop- property maintenance to all kinds of people that live in low rental housing. Um, we do several different jobs, several different odd jobs. We're not just out because um, we're doing it for the heck of it. We're out because we are an essential service to create security for somebody's home. Um, 
if you know if a if a car backs into a wall or into a garage, there's stability issues, something along those lines, and uh, or plumbing backs up, flood your bathroom, flood your kitchen, then you're not able to use your essential services in your home. Uh, My reading of this is that you are declared essential. If I look at the list, you are essential. It, that, that's true, Alan. But what I'm trying to say is that I, I'm. I hear a lot of people come on and they're like, oh, well, that's not essential. It's not essential to have a hardware store open. Well, it is, because if your quality of life is affected to the point where I can fix it quite easily, then why shouldn't the hardware store be open where I get my supplies? That's Mike, you make a good point about uh, about hardware stores and also uh, repair people and, and how they are essential. Mike, I appreciate your call. I want to go to Tricia, who is uh, from Peterborough. Just lost, uh, Tricia. Let's let's go to Rick in Peterborough, who is wondering about convenience stores. Rick. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Convenience stores, that seems like a no-brainer. That is supplies for a lot of people. I agree, but I'm thinking, to me, I think the ones that just have gas stations attached to them. The little ones in other places, the grocery stores are open. A little wee convenience store in the middle of a mall is just confining people into a small spot. All right, well, I understand malls, but, I mean, there's like a, you know, there's a convenience store at the end of my street, and and I think to myself, you know, there's some older people in my neighborhood who, you know, going to the grocery store, which is a driver, you know, further away, they might not be able to do that. And and I think that convenience store serves a purpose and should be open. Don't you agree? Uh, Unless there's a gas station attached to it, they can get their way to a grocery store. All right, thanks. I appreciate your call. Thanks very much. Appreciate that. Uh, before we run out of time here today, I do want to take just a couple of minutes here to talk about some supports. I did this yesterday, and I think it is so important because we are all going through so much, and we talk about all of these different issues and you know different businesses and, and different industries that are hit hard. We are all, we are all impacted. And I want to talk to those, you know, those dads and those moms out there right now who think that, you know, I, you know, you're the one that is shouldering everybody else's concern. And you I know you're out there, moms and dads. Uh, and you know, you're 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 dealing with your kids' concerns, maybe you're dealing with your spouse's worries, you know, maybe maybe you have elderly parents and they're worried and you're being the strength for everybody. You know that, you know, when you're on an airplane and they're doing the safety thing and they say, you know, in the case of emergency and the oxygen masks drop down, the thing that you need to do is put your own on first before you help anybody beside you. The same applies here because you may be able to shoulder everybody else, but if you can't take care of yourself, if you aren't looking out for your own mental health, you're not going to be able to be strong and be able to help the people in your life that you need to help. So I want you to write this down. It is a website from CAMH. It is C-A-M-H dot C-A, CAMH. And you can go there, and it has all kinds of helpful information about how to deal with COVID-19 and how to do things like there's this one here. I have a friend who can't stop talking about COVID-19, wants to process the worst-case scenarios. How do I deal with that? That's interesting. How do I talk to my children about COVID-19 and its impact? How can I support a loved one who's very anxious about COVID-19? Some great resources there. I want you to take a moment for yourself because it's important. We are in a marathon, not a sprint. 
So you got to look out for yourself. you got to look out for your own mental health. It's going to be so important going forward. A couple of other quick supports I will mention as well. If you think you have COVID-19, there is a great self-assessment tool, covid-19.ontario.ca. If Essentially, if you just go to ontario.ca, you'll find your way there, no problem. It is a self-assessment tool that helps you go through all of the possible things that, you know, you might be thinking, well, I'm experiencing this, is this, I don't know, I got, a, the other day I had a runny nose, I'm thinking, do I got, is that it? I don't, and of course it's not. But, you, you know, if you go through this, it's going to help you. And that's going to help you with your mental health as well. Because you can rule yourself out, it's like, no, this is not reason to be concerned. A lot to go through, a lot to think about right now. But you know what? Here's the one thing I want to tell you. We're going to get through it. We're going to get through it together. And it's going to be okay. We're all in this together. Thank you, Dr. Tedros. We'll see you again tomorrow at noon. Stay safe and keep your distance.